The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 58. This is the seventh in a series on the Book of Romans, which I'm calling Christianity 101. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Last week we talked about Romans 4, which included the topic of justification, how we are made right with God. And this week we continue with Romans 5, starting from the beginning. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Let's stop just there and look at that first section there. So Paul goes on from this topic of justification and says, okay, we've been justified. We've been made right with God. That separation between God and us was dealt with through Jesus, through Jesus' death on the cross. He says, now we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. We've gained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Grace again, meaning that we stand before God now because of the gift that he has given through Jesus. And we also rejoice. We rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. That sounds good so far. But then Paul goes on to say this whole thing about rejoice in our sufferings. I don't know about you, but so far, not today at least, I didn't rejoice in my suffering. And most of us don't. But what Paul is saying here is that, and Paul is someone who knew a fair bit about suffering. If you go through 2 Corinthians, there's a section in 2 Corinthians where Paul talks about having been stoned and left for dead, having been shipwrecked twice, having been in danger on the sea and danger on land, and all these things he'd gone through. He also had what he refers to elsewhere as a thorn in the flesh, which many think was a physical ailment, quite possibly an ailment of the eyes. So when Paul talks about rejoicing and suffering, Paul is someone who's known a fair amount of suffering. But he says there's a bigger picture here that we should rejoice in our suffering because we know that it leads someplace. We know that suffering produces perseverance we hang in there, if we persevere, that that then builds character. And then having built that character, that builds hope. And hope does not disappoint us. So Paul is looking past all of the suffering he's gone through, and he's looking forward to a hope that is not here, a hope that is not now. And it says that God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. So this is the first mention here in this book, if I recall correctly, of the Holy Spirit and the relationship here. Having been justified by God, then God can indwell in us with his Holy Spirit. And so, even in the midst of suffering, Paul says we should have joy and we have peace. And he goes on to say, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
This is another paragraph that underlines that theme of grace which runs through Romans, in the sense that it doesn't say, and then when we had earned the acceptance of God, Christ died for us. It says, at a point when we were still powerless, we were powerless in sin, we were still powerless to do anything for ourselves. We didn't earn this, this was a gift. And God shows his love for us that while we were still not worth it, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us to make us right with him. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Okay, again, the idea here of justification is tied to blood. It's tied to Christ's blood in particular, but the idea here is that way back in the Old Testament, we would find that the wages of sin were death. Way back in the garden, they were told, if you eat of this apple, you will die. And so the idea being here that Christ's blood is shed instead of ours, that Christ's death is instead of ours, and that we're therefore justified, that the price has been paid and we're made right with God. And so we're saved from God's wrath. And this is a book that doesn't talk that much about God's wrath, but it does say that that we were enemies of God's, actually. That that sin so separated us as to put us in opposition to God. And that not only were we brought back together with God, but we were reconciled from that far away. And then also goes on to have this hopeful thing that shall we be saved through his life. We rejoice in our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. That there's more to this, and it doesn't go into great detail yet in this portion of the book, but we'll get into that later, that there is more than just being reconciled that we are saved through his life, and I think that we'll get into that in more detail a little while later. And then there's one last theme here, and this is a theme about Adam and Christ. And so Paul goes on in verse 12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men, because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was the pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as the result of the one trespass was condemnation for all men, 
so also the result of the act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many were made righteous. Now let's pause and look at that. There's this analogy that Paul is using here of Adam and Christ. One sinned and all were then sinners. One was righteous and all were, all can be at least, brought back from condemnation. So as Adam in some sense takes away life, as Adam sins and therefore sin and death reign, so Christ overcomes sin, overcomes death, and justification is brought. He's basically talking about Jesus as the second Adam, or the last man in the second Adam. He's basically a second try at creation that makes things right, would be another way to look at that. And the last two verses, the law was added so that trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that, just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so this says, in this particular verse, the law was added. So the set of rules were added in the time of Moses, as it talked about previously. Moses brings the law, and we actually sin more. Which is odd. Why did God send the law if it was going to make us sin more? And we'll talk about that next week. When sin increased, though, it says grace increased all the more. So to cover this sin, God's gift of Jesus covers all the more. So just as sin reigned in death, so grace might also reign through righteousness. So this whole section here is talking about Jesus undoing the big mistake, undoing that brokenness, undoing that sin, that state of separation between us and God. And with that, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. Next week, we'll tackle Romans 6. If you have any comments, feel free to send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on the website, thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.